Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. It's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This, this is, is the Game, game of, of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues, and today is Friday, which means we have a brand new twibbin. This week in Bachelor Nation for you, we're going to be covering 
all them juicy tids in Bachelor Nation News. We're going to be covering all those great parasocial plays that some players have been making off the field. We got some screams for you. We got a state of the game, which is going to be very interesting, has something to do with this past weekend. And we're debuting a very new segment, a brand new segment, you might say, where we're going to be talking about what we're watching in the off season, because our beloved game, as we know, is not on television. But before we get to any of that, we do have a bit of business. Whatever season you all are experiencing right now, if it's spring, Taurus, or otherwise, we hope you all are enjoying Gore Girl Summer. We loved chatting with our latest Gore Girl, Courtney Robertson Preciado, in our Tuesdays Welcome to the Pit. If you haven't listened to that, it is required listening. Absolutely. I mean, look, any interview with Courtney Robertson is required listening. But an interview with Courtney Robertson by us talking about the game, what her place was in it, how she influenced really every player that came after her, I think, is it's just fascinating. And it was a dream come true for us to be able to talk to her about these things. I really view her as a Michael Jordan style figure within this game. And I, I God damn, I just, I know that she played like two years too soon. Had she come... Mm-hmm. Just a little bit later, season 18, season 19, instead of 16, she would have dominated everything. I think we would have seen her on sand. I think she could have been a bachelorette potentially. I know she was a a maligned villain in her time, but she was just such a fascinating player. And it was amazing to get to talk to her. In the first few minutes, she held up our book and was talking about how much she liked it. And I was... I. It was hard for me to form words. It was so <laughs> exciting. And it's like, I, it's just, it truly is a dream come true and like a bucket list interview. And thank you so much, Courtney, for doing that. There's uh, there's also going to be more, more interviews coming up. We have a wild lineup for the rest of Gore Girl Summer. Other special surprises coming up this season you're not going to want to miss. And something else you're not going to want to miss is... We're going to have some new visual elements coming into our program very soon by way of a brand new logo. That's right. New logo. It's coming very soon. As you may remember, if you've been with us since the beginning, our original logo was a demonic <laughs> meme that I made of Dark Lord Harrison with glowing red eyes. And eyes. yeah, he was kind of on fire. And we obviously had to change that logo after the events of Bachelor Season 25 for very obvious reasons. And the logo that we now have in place was just, it was always meant to be a placeholder. It was always something very temporary Mm -hmm. that I just threw together on Photoshop so that we could replace our Dark Lord Harrison image. And we never meant for that to be our final logo. So we've taken some time (laughs) to really come up with a good one. And we think you're going to love it. And if you've been paying close attention, you might have already seen it previewed in something here or there. But rest assured, even if you haven't seen it, you're going to see it very soon because we're going to have some new merch rolling out with it. And we think you're going to really like it. We love this logo. For me, it is kind of the first time we've really embodied what the show is in a very succinct visual style that's very clear and legible. And a little less demonic yeah. than my other work. A little less demonic. <laughs> I would say we have cut down the demon imagery in our logo by a lot. 
Yeah. So we hope you'll enjoy that. And we should also let everybody know that next week, Bachelor Live on Stage is making its Los Angeles debut. And not only will Pace Case be there, but I will be there and Dark Seeker will be there. We got a team effort rolling deep into Bachelor Live on Stage Los Angeles. So if any pit members are out amongst the people, let us know. Yeah, come say hi. We cannot wait. I mean, Bachelor Live, when we got the tickets, it was more of a theoretical event. And from what I've seen from TikTok recaps, it is very involved, a very involved show. I was not expecting that. And I've been getting some DMs too. There are pit members who are winning final roses at these things across the nation. So congrats to anybody who has been able to claim one of those. What a rare and beautiful prize that must be. I can't imagine. I wish I could win one, but I don't think they will allow me on stage. Yeah, I'm not sure about that, but I'm very happy that pit dwellers are using what they've learned on this show for the Bachelor Live strategies. I love to see it. You know, we'll see if any members of the Gorniverse. I'm trying to make Gorniverse. <laughs> okay. Uh, if they are able to get James Bond Saul's final rose, what kind of strategies would you ex- would you suggest for someone trying to win the hand of Bond Saul? You know, he was a box box top player. Mm-hmm. He was in a dynamic duo with Aaron Clancy. Mm-hmm. I would go for some kind of strong tot and I would go with a strong PTC. I mean, I haven't ever attended a Bachelor Live. I don't know exactly what happens, but I can't imagine you have much more to work with than your tot, your PTC, and maybe some kind of colorful narration, try to be funny, that type of a thing. I don't know what else you can do. I mean, you're not given much more to work with than that, I would assume. I don't know what you're allowed to bring in, but I would love to see a limo exit that contains some sort of box element to it like Mm. maybe you have some sort of a box dice maybe a dice that's like box shaped how about this instead of whole body in a box it's just your head in a box you just you are box head you think they'll let you in with just a box on your no you bring the box and you you meet the producers and stuff before you go on you bring the box flattened underneath your clothes i think you can have it under your arm but it just has like a head hole cut out in it and you're like i want to wear this box on my head as a tot they would 100 percent let you on the show let you on stage with that 100%. A subtle play I would also encourage. We recently saw that he has a full leg sleeve tattoo, so mm. if you don't have tattoos, I would suggest maybe doing some temporary a temporary sleeve perhaps to make you stand out amongst the comp- competition. Or you could probably even on amazon.com right now. I'm only assuming this, but it, this has to exist. Tights that have tattoo design on them and you just cut one leg off and wear one leg of a tights with a tattoo design down it. Order now. You only have a week. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it'll be delivered in 24 hours. Do you think Grace Ann will do this? I don't know. If you're listening, Dark Seeker. Grace Ann, I want you wearing a full body onesie of tattoos that are covering your every inch of skin. You don't need that. I think you do the one leg. You wear like a skirt or something so that your your legs are visible. You wear the one leg tattoo leg sleeve and a box head. And I think that's at least getting you on stage. <laughs> oh, you wear the tats and the box head. Fuck yeah. You're like, we are the same person. 
I mean, I definitely think you're getting on stage if you bring the box. I agree. Box head gets you on stage. Then what you do up there is up to you. And yeah. I think you're doing same thing. Strong kind of PTCs. I think you're you're doing some kind of chemistry play with him, I think. I don't know if they allow like kissing and touching, but I think you can do some like heavy flirting with body language and kind of like tone of voice and, you know, do some eye work on him. I think that would work. Yeah, do a, a Hannah Godwin, it takes two, some deep breaths together. Yes. Look, I know this is your first time, but it's my first time too. Let's just take in this moment and be mm-hmm. really present together. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we wish everyone luck who's who's going to attempt to get on stage. And if you are in Los Angeles and you do the box head, please come up to us after the show and be like, I need a picture with box head myself. I want that for my own Instagram. But thank you everyone for joining us today. Now we've covered all of our business. We are going to get to the meat of our show. Our first segment, of course, we must talk about Game, Game of Roses. Roses. State of the game. So we have talked about this element of the game, the post game, which I consider to be part of the game in itself. The between game, perhaps if you're coming off of your season and you're looking forward to paradise. I'm talking about the festival circuit. And I went to one of the biggest festivals of them all this past weekend, Coachella. And look, I've only been to one music festival before that is Outside Lands in San Francisco. And I've been to Burning Man, which is more of a festival festival. A lifestyle festival. (laughs) More of a lifestyle festival. Yeah, some people are Burning Man lifestyle all year round. And... You know, I didn't really know what to expect. I've only seen pictures from Bachelor Nation people at Coachella, basically. That is my experience with Coachella until this. Me too. Literally me too. (laughs) (laughs) So I just imagined it was like everybody in fancy outfits taking pictures. I didn't really think about the music aspect of it at all in my like vision of what Coachella is. Mm -hmm. But I ended up seeing a ton of shows and... The way that I stayed there is probably a way that most Bachelor influencers do not stay. I'm guessing this is not, you know, (laughs) it was camping. I did the camping, which is pretty much on site. And I'm guessing that's not where, like, Stagecoach takes place at the same place. I'm guessing Belakai didn't spin his, do his spins in the campsite area. It's not, I would say the best environment to hook up with multiple bachelor nation people. (laughs) Why is that? Because like, I mean, camping is just not camping is dirty a little bit. And I would say not um, conducive to romance. Ah, the campsite is a no romance zone. I get it. So when you're camping, are you in a tent? How big is this tent? Like set up this scenario for me. Cause when I imagine Mm. this shit, it's like hell on earth. All I can yeah. think of is like you're in a sleeping bag laying in like the dirt and the dust and there's like people shitting in buckets to the left of you and people pissing on the ground to the right of you. Is it that grotesque? So I was in a sleeping bag. I was in a tent. And the way that they do the car camping is in a very tight grid format. So it's basically all these cars in one line and then you get the rest of the like 
parking space, basically. It's all on grass, though, to put up your easy up, to put your, like, little chairs and tables and stuff. It's definitely, like, I I camped in a tent for Burning Man as well, um, but I went with what you call it Burning Man a Camp, which is, like, a larger organization mm-hmm. where you have a larger area and everyone can bring whatever they want to stay in. Like people stay in these like sort of weather domes. Okay. Um, I was camped next to like a couple who their kid was running the camp and they were like in their 60s and they had never been and they had brought an Airstream. I didn't really see any of that um, where we were. I'm sure there is a place you can do RVs. Were there any bachelor people in the camp area or do you think they were in some area that required no camping that was like a hotel area? I cannot see any of the bachelor people doing what I did. Okay. Maybe <laughs> Deanie Babies and Kaylin like in their van. God. But even that, I yeah. doubt that because they have to work. So I'm like, you can't like, I mean, I did see a girl like curling her hair out of the like charge stations. Oh, and I was Jesus. like, oh, my God. And technically there are showers. I did not did not investigate the showers. Um, we did go over to a friend's Airbnb that had a pool and we went in the pool and showered one of the days. I didn't shower at all during Burning Man. And I did. I was there for oh. 10 days. Oh, and no. I did a couple shower adjacent activities, I would call them. What? I'll describe it to you uh, after this. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) What you're describing to me is like making my fucking skin crawl. I mean, like if I was married to somebody for fucking 15 years and they were like, hey, I want to go to Coachella this year. Let's go. Mm -hmm. I would be like, no. You would get a divorce. This is grounds for a divorce. Yes. (laughs) There's just... I, I cannot be... The shit is just like, I can't take it, but I'm glad you went. Hopefully you had fun. It is hard to avoid the sun. Yeah, that right there sure. is a deal breaker. But just the the filth of it, like saying you didn't take a shower for however long at Burning Man to me, it's just like, I couldn't survive that. I would wither and die. I think you get used to it. Hell no, never. That's like living in a prison. Um, You got wet wipes. I feel like living in a mortal body is a flesh prison enough. If the mortal body is also dirty, there is another prison on top of that prison. And I can't deal with two prisons. But I mean, we're all stardust, right? The dirt is a part of you. Not a part of me. Uh, 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 not for me. The camping I would not do again at Coachella because I guess I was just spoiled by Burning Man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... All the camps at Coachella, they look exactly the same. There's a ton of cops everywhere, which is not... That's fun. I mean, there's some sort of like... There's volunteer people at Burning Man who are like the security. And at Burning Man, everyone brings a bike and you light up your bikes, you light up your bodies so that you don't like crash into people. At Coachella, that's not a not a popular tradition. So I almost crashed into people a lot or they wouldn't see me if I was sitting on the floor because I didn't have any lights. Hmm. Um, and then there's like cool looking little cart things that you think are like what you have at Burning Man, which is these art cars, which is the only vehicles that are really allowed to go on like the playa, which is the the main area where all the art is. But at Coachella, it's their rickshaws and it's people who are being paid to transport people for money. So it's like everything that 
I like about Burning Man is kind of like the version of that that is money is what I experienced with Coachella. <laughs> yeah. It's all turned into like marketing and yeah, that's um that's kind of what I had always assumed Coachella was. I remember in my younger days, friends would go to Coachella and come back and be like, it was like $15 for a bottle of water and it was 120 mm-hmm. degrees. And I'm just like, Jesus, that it sounds just like pack them in yes. and get them to pay. They don't leave here with a fucking penny in their pocket. And I would say the worst part for me is the bathrooms. For camping, it's, you know, it's all um, porta potties. And then in the actual festival, there's also porta potties. And then if you just go to the back of the row, there's like a slightly nicer version of a bathroom, but they're still like disgusting. And I feel like the bathroom setup is honestly like sexist because it's not set up for women to go to the bathroom. I'm, you know, I'm a little bit of a germaphobe, so I'm doing all these crazy yoga squats in order (laughs) to use the restroom. And you have to carry toilet paper with you everywhere because it's not consistently with you. That's the worst part. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Can we just real quick? You're a germaphobe. You just told me you didn't take a shower for fucking 10 days at Burning Man. You ain't that much of a fucking germaphobe. <laughs> Look, I have yeah, hand sanitizer. <laughs> okay, I don't touch the porta potties. I okay. use the toilet paper it. to touch everything. Um, but also, you know, I've seen the bachelor people's outfits, and I so I brought like some more like festivaly clothes but immediately when I got there I was like these clothes aren't gonna work you basically want to be naked but ha- carry layers mm. and so that you're ready for the cold wind at night and you're carrying all that stuff on you and I'm yeah. already carrying a camelback for water if you are like me and you're doing this general this is to preface this I was not in VIP I didn't go in any of the VIP areas I don't know exactly what their situation is like but if you are GA the bathrooms and water refill stations that are farthest away from the front of the festival are way better and you don't have to wait in line. Good tip. Much. And don't wear any shoes that are not your absolutely most comfortable shoes because I fucked that up and wore Converse and boots the first couple days and then mm-hmm. barely could walk. And so I'm assuming VIP probably has more influencers. I'm hopefully a better bathroom. I don't know. It's right. like double, double the price, I think. So there's something weird about this festival is that everything is set up perfectly for doing drugs. Mm -hmm. They have like hippie traps left and right. But then you have security that is so tight that makes it harder to do drugs. It is weird. What's a hippie trap? (laughs) A hippie trap is like art that's created for like people who are on hallucinogens okay like spy black light spirals and shit or whatever like weird trippy okay got it yeah spiraling things yeah and there's a lot of different types of experiences within coachella like there's certain like hidden bars and certain like art i would say burning man is like you really make your own experience there's sober camps there's camps with children there's all different types of experiences you can have and coachella is to an extent like, if you're really into music, you can see a bunch of the greatest musicians almost all at once. If you're into drugs, it's pretty great, except for the logistics of where you're going to sleep after. Because, like, camping is the best because you can walk and just pass out. 
if you are staying anywhere else, you have to get a shuttle pass. I talked to some girl who waited two hours to get two hours in the line for the shuttle, which takes you to the Ubers. Which then takes you to hotels or whatever. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. So that's like the aspect I don't really know how you fix. But multiple people from the pit came up to me, recognized me, and were very sweet. And I just want to thank them for being very kind. And I'm very surprised they found me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I absolutely would say I prefer Burning Man because of the vibes. At Coachella, most of the people seem a little bit more judgmental, a little right? and the Coachella is more crowded for sure. This was your first Coachella, right? Yeah. Will you ever attend again? I would definitely go again, yeah, but I wouldn't camp. Would you do the VIP package this time? Sure, yeah, if you set it up. (laughs) I'm just curious. Well, I mean, thank you. This field reporting is excellent. This is... Again, this was the general admission experience. So we don't know exactly what the Bachelor players experienced, but there were a million of them there. We saw everybody's posts. And there were also some other reality celebrities walking around. I did see one celebrity from reality TV. Do you know who it was? Please tell me. Deep D. I saw Deep D. That's pretty cool. I I would say of all the the contemporary reality dating shows from this year, she's the biggest star for sure. Yeah. So I saw the biggest get at Coachella. And by the way, the shows, in case you are going weekend to the shows that I recommend, my absolute favorite was Stromae, who is this French artist, put on an amazing, amazing show. I loved Madion also. The visuals on that were amazing. I loved Flume. And I thought Swedish House Mafia killed it. I pretty much didn't see a bad show. Mm. And I saw, I probably saw like five a day, maybe. And there's another weekend of this? That's how it works? Mm-hmm. So next weekend, they just do it all again. They do it all again. I would say I think it's better for the music because there were a couple sound issues I saw mm-hmm. with a few of them. I think the grass can't be as nice as it was the weekend one. And I can't even imagine what it'll be like for stagecoach. It'll just be like dirt. God, but like all the porta potties and shit, like do they get new fresh ones in there for weekend two? Or is it just like, I mean, they're constantly like cleaning them, but it's hard to keep up. Okay. Um, (laughs) your face. It's just so grotesque. Yeah. I would say I can't see you really enjoying this, but I loved Mm. it. And you know, it's definitely different from like my favorite festival, which is Burning Man, because it's all about money. And if you pay more money, you get a better experience, basically. Right. And Burning Man is nonprofit, volunteers. People just hand you food as opposed to you paying whatever, $20 for a corn dog. Well, I'm glad you made it back in one piece. And I'm glad that you had what seems to be a good experience and you got to see Deep Tea and all that. But yeah. uh, again, this is kind of what it's like. For players, maybe they have the VIP experience. I'm sure they're going to like interesting parties and shit that the average person doesn't get access to. But this is what it was like. This was our very own pace case giving us some field reporting about this gigantic festival. And this really kicks off festival season. We got Stagecoach coming up next. That's the next one on the circuit. And I'm sure we're going to see a slew of parasocial play from all of the greatest players who are going to be attending Stagecoach this year. I think, is Bailak High even playing it? Yes. I mean, that to me is insane. That's like an unprecedented step up from a player. 
So we'll be reporting on that as it's happening as well. He's going to kill it. Yeah, I think he will for sure. Hopefully he'll play Rachel Reckia. And by the way, if anyone has extra Burning Man tickets, I might have messed up the main sale. So uh, DM me. <laughs> okay. Base Case is looking for <laughs> another 10 days without a shower. But now <laughs> we're going to move on to the next segment in our program. And like I said up top, this is a brand new segment because we're in the off season. Pace Case and I are constantly asking ourselves a question. What are you watching? What are you watching? Look, I think we have a perfect recipe. So, you know, I'm a little scared to even go off of our recipe, but... We consistently found that this is something that we're talking about. People are always asking me for TV recs beyond Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, which has finished. Mm-hmm. So let's get into it. Please. I mean, I don't, you know, people know that I, in quotes, watch The Bachelor, obviously. Everyone in my life understands this about me. But what they don't really mm-hmm. understand is like, I don't really watch The Bachelor. I absorb its data. <laughs> it's just me watching... <laughs> a stream of numbers and like typing them into a computer and making sense of it. What we're going to talk about today is what I watch at least contemporarily for pleasure. You should put that on your Tinder profile. I don't watch The Bachelor. I absorb its data. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that would go for very well. But today what we're going to be talking about is shows that we watch for pleasure. These are shows that I'm not taking any data from. That I'm simple. I mean, I'm taking some data from everything that I'm engaged with, obviously, but not in an overt way. I'm not typing into a spreadsheet. I'm not taking a mm-hmm. thousand pages of notes. These are things that we're just watching in the off season to pass the time, to enjoy our leisure. So what do you got, Pace Case? What are you watching? So I tried to... I guess I, I haven't really taken stock of exactly what I'm watching. And so I, mm-hmm. I wrote out this list and there's pretty much two categories. There is scripted, which is mostly sci-fi dystopian shows. And then there is unscripted, which is mostly trying to keep up with my Bravo sleep, but some other things in there as well. What sci-fi dystopian are you watching? So my favorite right now is Severance. Have you seen this? I don't have Apple TV. Uh, I mean, that might be a problem. I've only watched one other Apple TV show Ted Lasso but Mm -hmm. Severance is so good it is this twisty sci-fi mystery box thriller drama Mm -hmm. it's starring Adam Scott Britt Lower Patricia Arquette Don Turturro and Zach Cherry and isn't it a Ben Stiller show do not look up anything about it if you're gonna watch it is my recommendation yes and Ben Stiller directs some of it Apple TV nine hour long episodes I don't even want to like say anything else about it. Um, I feel like if you like like lost type shows, you would like it. I just can't. Like, there's another show on Apple TV that is my favorite mm-hmm. book series of all time, Foundation by Isaac Asimov. They do a series of it that supposedly is fucking awesome. And I'm just like, I can't. Like, I'm not. I'm actually starting to think of getting rid of my streaming, like all of it. Hmm. That's going to be tough for our new segment. except crunchy roll i'll keep crunchy roll okay well i'll tell you the other ones i'm watching snow piercer have you Uh seen this yeah i watched the first like three or four episodes and then kind of got bored snow piercer is a post-apocalyptic sci-fi drama based on the movie i think i'm watching it on hulu it is based on the movie about basically a train that is divided by class the world has frozen over in an attempt to try to fix climate change 
And so the only people alive left are these people on this train. And it's divided by class. Mm -hmm. And I can't really remember the movie. Um, I think there's definitely some crossover, but it goes into a lot of other stuff. Really enjoy that. And I'm doing a Sopranos rewatch. I'm on season five. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Obviously, Sopranos is a classic. And if you're watching Sopranos and you get stuck on season three, it's because it's a bad season and keep pushing through. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) I'm watching that one on HBO Max. Yeah. Snowpiercer is also on HBO Max for those who might be interested. Mm. I just started listening to the audiobook for The Stand. So I think that'll be my next one. All right. But my, do you want to hear my non scripted <laughs> slate? Please. The question is, what are you watching? I heard that Real Housewives of Miami reboot is amazing. And unfortunately for me, I am a completist. So I started at season one, which was actually apparently shot 10 years ago in 2011. Oh, wow. So now I'm on season three. And those three seasons are in a row. And then the new season is on Peacock follows a few of the same characters 10 years later. Mm -hmm. And there's some very good characters. And I'm watching that on YouTube TV. Mm -hmm. Hulu, I think. Also watching Summer House Season 6 on YouTube TV. That's a Bravo show. Mm -hmm. That is very Vanderpump Rulesy. A bunch of young, mostly single friends who get a house in the Hamptons on their weekends during the summer. But they Mm -hmm. all live in New York City. I'm watching Temptation Island season four on YouTube TV. Jesus Christ. How are you watching all this shit? I love it. What do you mean? This is insane. You're literally watching everything. There's so many things you've said of this. I only have a couple more. Okay, please keep going. (laughs) Temptation Island. And I haven't watched The Ultimatum, but I do want to start Mm -hmm. that, which is on Netflix. I'm also watching Love Love Island Australia season three, which is on Hulu. And Selling Sunset comes back to Netflix tomorrow. So I'm very excited about that. Pretty much nothing happens in that Mm -hmm. show. Except you're watching these like pretty middle-aged women like sell houses and bitch at each other. Jesus. Well, that is a lot. That's like 500 shows that you're watching. Congrats. (laughs) Thank you. What are you watching, Clues? Any crossover? You didn't like Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer was just a little slow for my taste. Um, it was not visually interesting. Mm-hmm. I thought the story was like pretty boring. I just found myself caring about none of it. Um, that said, I do love a good dystopian sci-fi. And I was watching a show. It's season two just concluded on HBO Max called Raised by Wolves. The premise is two androids are sent to a non-Earth planet to raise human atheist children after a giant war i started that as well (laughs) has destroyed planet earth and the wars between atheists and believers in this kind of christian-esque god called soul and um it's just i've never really seen anything like it visually it's very stunning Mm -hmm. and the storytelling is incredibly bizarre the issues it's dealing with are like kind of classic um faith versus non-believer issues at least in season one but it is taken to places that are just like absolutely insane the actors are all fantastic it's ridley scott's the producer so it has a similar kind of visual look to a lot of his more recent alien movies like prometheus and stuff 
but I cannot recommend it enough. I loved Prometheus. Yeah. And I, as you can see, it has like a certain mm -hmm. kind of visual style that's similar, but I love that. And again, the second season of that just concluded, but primarily other than that, I'm working almost all day, every day. Mm -hmm. And the only other time that I have to watch TV is from about 2 to 2.30 a.m. I'll watch a little bit of anime to help go to sleep. And <laughs> right now I've been doing a rewatch of Attack on Titan, which I think is one of the greatest fucking animes ever made. If you've never seen this, if you're not into anime also. It's a show. Yeah, it's in its fifth season now. There's also a spinoff. But if you're not watching anime, if it is something that has escaped you, I would say you should maybe dip your toe into it. The most interesting storytelling is being done there, I think, and Attack on Titan is mind-blowing. Watch episode one of it. I believe it's on Netflix. I think Attack on Titan's on Netflix. Uh, so you don't have to go deep down the anime nerd rabbit hole like I have and subscribe to like specific anime streaming services and shit. But I do that because I like to get the stuff that's coming out like in Japan when it comes out and just fucking watch it immediately. At any rate, Attack on Titan is one of the best animes that's ever been made. The premise is it is some kind of non-Earth world, but it's like a medieval kind of structure with a little bit of steampunk in it. And in this world, these things called Titans have shown up and they are these giant naked people with these like sinister looking grins on their face. And they just walk around and eat human beings. They're maybe like 30 feet tall and they can just like snatch you up and eat you. So all of humanity has retreated behind these giant walls in this one city that has like a, a kind of concentric circle design and like Burning Man kind of. Yeah, it's, it's a Burning Man of a sort. The people who live in the outer ring are like most vulnerable if a Titan breaks through the gate, so on and so forth into the core of the city where all the leaders and shit live, obviously. So it's also a class system, kind of like uh, Snowpiercer, but it's just fantastically done. And I, there were some new episodes that got released. And so I went back and started rewatching it all. And I was just like, fuck, this is one of the best animes that's ever been made. Mm. Can't recommend enough Attack on Titan. Interesting. But that's what I'm watching. And that's what you're watching. Do you mostly watch you mostly watch new anime or you how much do you rewatch it this is the first rewatch i've done and i forget attack on titan came out maybe i don't know five or six years ago but they're still coming out with the final episodes of it now so there's still new shit being made but it's been on for a while i recently did start watching a new one called uh, rise of the shield hero which is about a dude who gets sucked into this video game world that's kind of like a medieval like uh, World of Warcraft kind of game-ish. And he gets sucked in with three other people from our world. And so each one of them get a weapon. There's the sword hero, the bow hero, like bow and arrow, the spear hero, and our main character is the shield hero. And in this fantasy world, everyone shits on the shield hero because mm -hmm. it's the weakest of all of them. It's like, it's not even a weapon. You can't even fight. And so they treat him like shit and he gets kind of kicked around and has to like, you know, come to terms with the fact that like <laughs> this whole fucking world basically thinks he's a joke. It's, I don't know. I think it's funny. Can they die? If you die, you just get sent back to your home mm. world. But slowly over the course of it, things start happening where like the shield hero starts to be able to taste the food in this world. And he's, it starts to become like more real. And he's like, what the fuck is this? Is this a game or is this like a real place? And that's kind of the question that is posed throughout it. Like Jumanji. 
Exactly. It's a Jumanji, but anime. But anyway, those are the things we're watching in the offseason. We may continue to discuss them from time to time as we progress through the next couple of months until the next season of Bachelorette, the Windeckia season airs in May. No, June, early June. So with that said, now it's time to move on to that segment of our program in which we discuss all of the most delicious tids from our... Clues, it is springtime. It is the off season. It is gore girl summer. The weather's getting warmer. Thank Dark Lord Palmer. And it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and cowls and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul, get those staple pieces, and I found quince. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces keeping me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I got the cotton modal scoop neck tee. It is so cute. It is literally the first thing I reach for in my dresser when all my clothes are washed. You know those special items. If you are not like clues who only wears one outfit. I'm Quince head to toe at this point. I'm a Quince boy. <gasps> I'm a source boy, Quince boy. Let's you got no go. idea. I'm wearing Quince t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince long sleeve t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince sweaters, Quince pants. I'm Quinced. <laughs> Just call me Quinced. King Quinces, Okay. they call me. I love Quince. Okay, Quince. Uh, get warm weather ready with Quince. Be a Quince king yourself or Quince queen. Go to quince.com slash roses for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash roses to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash roses. Clues, Mm -hmm. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find the perfect t-shirt. Yeah. Um, Because it's spring. I'm ready to get out there. I'm ready to peacock. Luckily, the perfect t-shirt does exist, and you can find it at Skims. From cropped silhouettes to long-sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. You guys know how excited I was that Skims became one of our sponsors for this podcast. They have great basics and foundations. I got the boyfriend t-shirt in onyx. That's kind of a dark black color and the cotton jersey long sleeve t-shirt in kyanite which is kind of like a blue green and they are both so comfortable it's basically like you are wearing nothing great for free spirit types well for all the free spirits out there right now you can shop the skims t-shirt shop at skims.com now available in sizes xxs through 4x if you haven't yet be sure to let them know we sent you after you place your order select podcasts in the survey and select our show in the drop down menu that follows again that's skims game of roses is sponsored by better help clues uh we all carry around different stressors big and small and if you keep them all bottled up it can affect you negatively Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. You might be taking care of your physical body, but are you taking care of that beautiful mind, Clues? Yes. I have benefited from therapy greatly in the past. Uh, It has helped me get through stressful experiences, manage boundaries, learn coping skills, you know, the... 
the whole premise of life is is kind of a, a it's a lot to undertake and therapy can help with that. Well, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do to get started is fill out a brief questionnaire, then you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game of Roses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Game of Roses. This is... Bachelor Nation News. First up in Bachelor Nation News, The Bachelorette received a very important nomination for Best Competition Series and Game Show at this year's Banff World Media Festival. The Rockies, as the awards show is colloquially known, has been in operation since 1980, bestowing awards on the best of the best in television media. Now, it's no surprise that our beloved game would be nominated, of course, but it's the category itself that is newsworthy here competition series and game show (laughs) what's more the official bachelor at instagram account has issued a celebratory post about the nomination which is clearly an official acknowledgement that the bachelorette is indeed a sport our beloved game is up against alone rupaul's drag race the great british bake-off and a finnish show called ultimate escape that is described as in quotes A fearless and strong host has 24 hours, 24 clues, and 24 calls to release a celebrity from a locked container at an unknown location. The celebrity (laughs) has access to information, clues, and tips that will help the host find them and will have to face extreme conditions and dangerous challenges in order to successfully complete their mission. That is a show I am very curious about. But we wish our beloved game good luck against these other nominees. The Rockies will be awarded on June 13th in a ceremony in Banff, Alberta, which will be live streamed for anyone who wants to check it out. Up next in Bachelor Nation news, we're talking TikTok. Bachelor Nation was rocked last week when a TikToker named Sasha Narang sent a missive into the tokosphere. Which is the tokosphere? The tokosphere. Tokosphere. The tiktokosphere. Gotcha. Yeah. Tiktokosphere. <laughs> <laughs> Claiming that she met the ultimate Viking, Clayton Eckerd, in a New York City bar, where he flirted with her and took her back to his place where they hooked up. Narang claimed to not know anything about The Bachelor other than what this would-be Viking told her. But when she realized what had happened, she DM'd Susie Evans, Eckerd's current ring winner and fiancé, to tell her the truth of the night's events. The only problem was, the man she hooked up with was not Eckerd. As soon as her TikTok reached viral status, the fourth audience went to work debunking her claims, and Eckerd himself jumped into the fray, supplying everyone with receipts of his whereabouts in the form of screenshotted location markers from his phone the night before, proving that he was nowhere near New York City. Reality Steve also interviewed Narang about the incident, which was revealed to be a case of mistaken identity, or perhaps active catfishing. Once an image of Narang and the man in question was obtained from security footage of the building where the hookup allegedly took place, it was clear that this man's shoulders were not broad enough to be the ultimate Viking. Conjecture and hearsay is commonplace in the nation, especially when there's possible clout to be gained from making such accusations. 
But this event provided a teachable moment for much of the fourth audience about taking any claims of this nature as immediate truth. Eckerd's immediate production of evidence to refute these claims was a continuation of the tradition started by Baylock Guy when he produced screenshotted DMs twixt himself and Kalen Miller Keys to refute certain claims against him after his stint on Bachelor in Paradise. We congratulate Eckerd on the timely nature of this play. We caution anyone in the fourth audience to accept any hearsay as truth without further scrutiny. Did you see all this shit when it was happening? I saw some of it. I I would say I didn't keep up with the ultimate conclusion of whether she was catfished or whether it was just completely made up. I'm not sure, but it is wild. I think the catfishing seems to be like where at least the fourth audience settled. Like that's probably what happened. So then we're into this other story of like, there's just some dude running around New York saying he's Clayton Eckerd trying to hook up with girls and it's working, I guess. I mean, that's fucking crazy to me. It's also crazy to me that she took immediately to TikTok to do this. And it's like, if you thought this was happening and your real concern was for Susie Evans or whoever this guy's fiance might've been, fine. Send her the DM and be like, hey, this happened. You need to know about this. But to make a fucking TikTok about it, you're obviously chasing the clout. And Mm -hmm. it worked. I don't even fault Narang for this. I'm not like, I think that was a good parasocial play. She got massive followers. This was huge and viral. And then she even got to paint herself as a victim in it if she indeed was truly catfish. I thought it was a pretty good play from a civilian bystander here. She also picked the right medium. There have been other people who have accused Clayton of all sorts of shit, but they haven't gotten the viral TikTok. But, you know, as as we said here in the script that we wrote, it is important (laughs) to remember Anytime accusations come out like this against any player in the nation, it may not be real. You have to vet this. I got this DM'd to me a fucking million times and was like, oh my God, this is crazy. Clayton's cheating on Susie with this girl. Clayton's cheating on Susie. And I'm like, "Uh, we'll see. I I would just reply back like, time will tell if any of this is true. Because it... It just seems so crazy. But also, even if it's not, even if it seems like, yeah, this is probably actually true, until it can be vetted and proven, it cannot be reported as news. And unfortunately, at where we are right now with our beloved game is like anybody can shoot off one of these fucking TikToks. And I think still the majority of the audience immediately is like, oh my God, it's true. He's a complete piece of shit. And that's why he then, the the burden of proof is on him or the burden of disproof, I guess I should say, is on him to come up with like his fucking location tags and shit. And like he now has to prove that this is not true. It's like crazy to me. It is. I, I don't remember exactly what my entry point to this was, but I was like, immediately it didn't seem like it was true. Or, I mean, we don't know the status of their relationship. Maybe they are in an open relationship. Who knows? They're just dating. I don't know. I... I'm pretty much skeptical of everything at this point and I don't know what to believe ever. You're like, I don't even think the Windekia season's happening. I'm pretty skeptical of that. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, congrats again to uh, Clayton for fending off this, I guess, accidental attack on his character. He had people jumping in. He had fucking Michael Alio being like, I stand with Clayton. I was like, how is this? This is the off-season energy. That's what's happened. She did it at the exact right time. That too. Yeah, not much else was going on. And to be clear, I do not... You said it was a good play. I do not support false accusations. 
But even like, I don't know if it was a calculated false accusation. She, I'm saying the good play was how she turned it into this guy catfished me. Whatever the negative blowback was, I think she bought some of that back by controlling her identity as a victim through it, that this wasn't her fault. Mm. Anyway, let's move on now to our next item, Bachelorette News. <laughs> Such a weird choice. Oh, yeah, I'm Clayton Eckert, the ultimate Viking. You didn't watch my season? No one did. Maybe that's why it's the best choice if you're... I love the Big Apple. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, I didn't. See... no one saw that season. You might be the Bachelor. <laughs> but now we're moving on to our next item, Bachelorette News. We're talking about Chris Conran and Alana Milne. Despite the producer's best efforts to sabotage their relationship in Bachelor in Paradise Season 7, the couple is still together and recently gave some interesting insights to Sarah Heron on Us Weekly's Here for the Right Reasons podcast about their time on sand and how it has affected their relationship with other players. Milne said, holding a grudge just hurts us. But I gave everyone like a couple weeks to apologize to me after it aired. And when they didn't, I just went ahead and blocked them everywhere. The only control I have at this point is to like cut off their access to me, to like be in control of the situation. And you know, you forgive, but you don't forget. I'll never have any of those people in my life in any capacity. Milne is, of course, talking about GSJ and the group of other players that coalesced in a Lord of the Rings style angry mob. Do you mean Lord of the Flies? Yes. <laughs> a Lord of the Flies <laughs> style angry mob. I'm like, I don't like GSJ was uh, <laughs> Gandalf or who, who's the fucking elf? Legolas. GSJ is Legolas. That'd be a funny meme. Yeah. Tastes like fire pit. That's a Tastes like restaurant ref. Mm-hmm. You didn't laugh. Clues. What was the fire pit ref? That Lord of the Rings fire pit? That's Lord of the Rings. Uh, they throw isn't that what they're trying to do? They're trying to throw a ring in the fire pit the whole time. Isn't that the whole plot? Well, I wouldn't call it a fire pit. It, it's a volcano. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think those are slightly different. Okay, a volcano. <laughs> it's so different. So different. Uh <laughs> The Lord of the Rings style <laughs> angry mob demanded the couple exit the game on the manufactured grounds that they were already in a relationship before stepping on sand. The claims were based on a weekend in San Diego before Paradise, where Millen and Conran met for the first time. But so too did several other players from that season, including Jacenia Cruz, who was one of Conran and Milne's most vocal detractors. After having connected with Conran before Milne arrived, Conran commented, that was kind of the mentality all of us had. I mean, if you think about it, just at that dinner alone, there were probably six people who ended up actually being in paradise and probably a handful of others who have been told they were going. Milne said of Cruz, it was like, how many things can I say about this girl to make her look so bad that she like hopefully can't recover from this? That was what I felt like she was trying to do on a dating show where we're all supposed to date each other. We're going on TV. So clearly, like we're all kind of into like being in the public eye. Conran described the experience of being the target of a group attack by players who had made it much further in the game than he did. Quote, I wasn't the popular kid and I felt like I was in high school again. I was getting picked on by the big bullies who were really well known and knew that they had the supporters back home to back them up, no matter what they said on the show, no matter what they did. So I think that was kind of, you know, the tough part and tough realization for me. And I just looked like a puppy with my tail between my legs. And there were so many things that I wanted to say and I wish I could have said 
or wish I would have. But I just, in that moment, I think for me, I just wanted to be the bigger man and not bring up things and not make it worse than it already was or potentially throw other people under the bus. After leaving Sand in ruin, Conrad and Milne reconnected post-show and have since moved in together in Mexico, counting themselves among notable Bachelor Nation couples like young Noah Erb and Abigail Herringer and even Matt James and his ring winner, Rachel Kirkconnell, who are torn apart by producers only to kindle a healthy relationship outside the orchestrated environment of psychological trauma that is our beloved game. Speaking of couples going strong within the nation, our next item of Bachelor Nation news involves the purveyor of China pots, Tia Booth, and her boyfriend, Taylor Mock. They are engaged. Mock and Booth met back in January at a party in Slider Country. That's Nashville, of course. (laughs) And although Mock asked her out, she was already obligated to shoot VIP Season 7. So Mock bided his time, and once she rotated back to civilian life after a disastrous final run on sand, he took her on their first date. And this past weekend, Mock decided to make it harder, if not impossible, for Booth to make any more runs on sand by proposing to her. And his choice for manner and location of proposal proved to Booth and to the fourth audience that although he was never a player in our beloved game, he reveres the game and understands its place in Booth's life. The Wiener Arkansan was on stage delivering hosting duties for a Bachelor Live onstage event in Atlanta when Mock bent his knee and proposed with a sparkler in hand. We don't know if it was a Neil Lane sparkler or an off-brand, but it achieved the desired effect. Booth accepted. Booth posted a still image of the ring as well as a video of the proposal to her Instagram. The post has 384,000 likes. Congrats to Booth and Mock on this next chapter of their lives together. Do you think there's going to be any proposals at our Bachelor Live event? I hope so. God, I don't know who it would be, but please, 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 Dark Lords, hear our prayer. Give us a dark proposal. Boxhead, we know you're out there. Propose to Bonsall. <laughs> and the picture in Us Weekly is just James Bonsall with his arm around somebody that has a box on their head. <laughs> Boxman says yes to Boxhead. And finally, in Bachelor Nation news, big happy birthdays go out to the 13th Bachelorette, Rachel Lindsay, who begins her 37th trip around our dying son today, and Daniel Padilla, who begins his 28th revolution. Happy birthday to both of these luminary figures in our beloved game. And now, it's time to move on to discuss all those plays that our favorite players are making off the field and on the screens in their hands. This is... The parasocial play, 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 play of the week. Kelly Flanagan and Victoria Fuller posted an Instagram story at Coachella together. Flanagan posted this selfie of the pair in front of some dumpsters with the caption, look, we ran into our exes at Coachella, presumably throwing shade at their mutual ex, Peter Popeye Weber. Speaking of Popeye, he posted a different tribute on his Instagram this week. In a 10-slide post, he detailed his experience flying with his dad, 747 Flyer, on his last flight with United with his brother, his sister-in-law, and mom as passengers. The post has 59.6K likes. Congrats to the Webbers. very cute. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. And congrats to 747 Flyer on his retirement. Enjoying some... Some much-needed off time with Sweet Nums now in the golden years. We got to meet him briefly when we interviewed Sweet Nums on our podcast, and it was 
wonderful. I don't think he understood what a celebrity he was for us. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of former crowns, Katie Thurston commented on a post that Game of Roses Instagram posted of our interview with Tammy Lee and told us to hit her up on August 3rd. Presumably this is when her contract ends and she can come on the pod. Is this the new Ides of March? Time will tell. She also made an Instagram reel this week in honor of 420, where she talks before and after she gets high, something that we rarely see from Bachelor players. That reel has 351,000 views. As Susie and Clayton road trip back to Virginia Beach, they have met up with former players along the way, creating parasocial content in different area codes. First, they met up with Blake Horstman and Elise Delbaum in the Denver High. Then they met up with some Nashville sliders, Connor the Catman B and the GOAT, Lady GOAT, Caitlin Bristow. Rude. Rude? Let me ask you this question. Who's the greatest male player of all time? Uh, Tyler Cameron. Oh, oh, come what? on. What? The greatest female player of all time is Caitlin Bristow. See how easy that was for me? Yeah, because uh, she is the greatest female player. She's also the greatest player. <sighs> Let me just continue. Then they <laughs> met up with Badger 26 player Hunter Hagee in Charlotte, North Carolina. Congrats to Ultimate Viking and his ring winner turning out that beautiful parasocial content. All of these were outstanding parasocial plays, but there can only be one winner. And the winner for our parasocial play of the week goes to the queen of paradise and object of Dylan Barber's all eggs strategy, Hannah Godwin. She posted a reel of herself posing with the Paris Hilton with the caption, loves it, two dancing girl emoji heart vibrating emoji podcast with that Paris Hilton last night at Revolve. The reel has 1.3 million views and over 77.7K likes. She posted it on TikTok to add on another 410,000 views and 24.4K likes. I mean, Hannah Godwin is a player that all incoming Bachelor players should study, especially to craft your Instagram. She has a perfect Instagram. She makes amazing parasocial plays all the time. And maybe because we have this high bar for her, I don't we don't often highlight it, but this was incredible. I mean, Paris Hilton is an icon. The original influencer in my humble opinion. Mhm. There is no Kim Kardashian without Paris Hilton. Literally. She was Paris Hilton's assistant. That's how she became Kim Kardashian. Mm. But yeah, this is just fascinating to see anyone operating at this level from our beloved game. I don't know the backstory. Yeah. I don't know how she knows Paris Hilton. I have no idea how this happened, but astounding. Absolutely astounding. Yeah. So congratulations. And now yes. let's move on to talk about some non-human players from this week. We're talking about them creatures. Connor the Catman B posed with seven different dogs he met while in Knoxville for Bachelor Live on stage. Popeye Peter Weber refused to paint his pup Trip like one of his French girls 
Copper got a solo main grid post on Rachel Lindsay's Instagram. These were all great. But there can be only one parasocial creature of the week, and this week that award goes to Gus, a brand new bull mastiff pup who had the honor of joining the most celebrated family in the nation. We're talking about the Lowe's. The golden boy Sean Lowe introduced the nation to Gus via a main grid IG post in which he joked about no longer caring about his biological children, captioning it, well... Mia had a nice two-year run, but that run is now over. Please say hello to my new favorite child, Gus. The post has 103,000 views, 454 comments. Congrats, Gus. We are hoping to see big things from you as the newest member of the Lowe family and the newest member of the Dallas Source. Mm. That rounds out all the parasocial play. That is fit to print. Now it's time for us to merge into the darkness and drop into the deep waters of the pit and discuss how our fandom of our beloved game is affecting our lives. This is Screams from the Pit! So as you know from my expert field reporting on Coachella... I went to Coachella this past week, and of course, I'm gonna have a Coachella themed scream. Mm-hmm. There were a few members of the pit who recognized me and approached me over the weekend, and I joked to my partner. I said, I'm so sorry, you know, now you're dating this influencer, and we can't just have a normal life and enjoy the concert. And I Got a little taste of what it's like for players when they get recognized. And this is Lucian Protocol. Only I didn't know what I signed up for when we created this podcast. I never expected that it would lead to people asking to take pictures with me at Coachella. Mm-hmm. But I just want to say thank you to the people that I did talk to. Everyone I've met from the pit. IRL is so nice. From our book signings to Coachella to uh, a random taco place. And uh, <laughs> if, you, <laughs> if you ever see me out and about and I'm not actively crying, feel free to approach me. <laughs> I have yet to be recognized. That's shocking. Well, you don't leave your apartment. I don't leave my apartment generally speaking. And during the day, if I am outside it, my entire body is covered head to toe in dark cloth so that sunlight cannot Mm -hmm. touch my precious flesh. So it will be very hard to uh, recognize me. (laughs) Or maybe that will allow you to recognize me even easier. If you see someone dressed like a mummy, but the clothing is all black, that's me. Maybe you need a box head. You know, so you can be known by your signature head mask. You know, at the beginning of the pandemic, when masks were required everywhere, I... I really had a moment where I was contemplating buying a motorcycle helmet and just wearing that at all times. <laughs> but I didn't do it. I kind of regret it now. <laughs> Seems heavy. Yeah, and they were like expensive and I didn't know if I could get the right fit. Like the the fitting for motorcycle helmets is like very specific. And I was like, I if I'm going to buy one, I should go into a place and like try them on and shit. And what would you say if people were like, where's your bike? What would you say? Where's my what? My bike? Your bike. In the garage. <laughs> You would pretend to have a bike. Yeah, uh, okay. for sure. I'd be like, I, no, I do have a motorcycle. It's just being worked on. It's at the mechanics. It's it's getting some updates. Whatever. I don't know. Something like that. It's getting updated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like a natural. Oh, it's being updated. Um, 
But I just, you know, I just bring the helmet with me. I'm just used to it. Yeah. I just like the way it feels. <laughs> well, I think that's a fantastic scream. Congratulations on being recognized. And I'm glad that, mm-hmm. you know, what we started doing a little over two years ago now, right dead center in the middle of Hannah Brown's season, has become something that <laughs> will allow people to recognize you out at a Coachella or whatever. I don't know. I think it's cool. I mean, I, I guess I had some... I wouldn't say expectations of what we could do with this thing, but like I had some goals in mind and I was like, I think we can make a really good bachelor podcast. Cause I had listened to other ones and I was like, some of them are good, mm-hmm. some of them are whatever, but I knew the thing we wanted to do, nobody else was doing. And it was just a matter yeah. of like, are there other people who think this way about it and will be entertained by how we think about it or not? That was the thing I did not know. <laughs> and I'm glad to find that some people do. There are others out there like us. <laughs> Who see it as a sport and think that it's funny in the same ways and problematic in the same ways and all that stuff. And it all, I mean, we see like, we see like reviews and we see comments and DMs and stuff. And I guess for me, meeting people in real life has made it much more tangible. Like it's all kind of theoretical when it's in the, in the computer. (laughs) Creams and serums are made of 70% water. 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in... um body problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. It's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact, Mm. they have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back, no questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. Sweaters, candles, the dreaded bathrobe. Unfortunately, Mother's Day gifts can be a little predictable and boring. That's why an Aura Frame is the perfect gift to mix things up this year. It was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. My mom loves hers. I'm throwing pictures of Skabuli and our cat up there. She's laughing. She's texting me. He's so cute. I wish I could meet him. It's the next best thing to to meeting my cat, really. You know, I love that it was so easy to set it up. I've recently learned I'm not good at uh, building things. And I need an easy install. And this only takes about two minutes to set up the frame using the Aura app. Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected, come with unlimited storage, so you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. 
She'll be grateful it's not another sweater and she'll love the frame to see more of you. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A, frames.com. Use code ROSES at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yeah, it's virtual. It's in the metaverse. Virtual. In the metaverse, brother. Higgs boson, brother. Speaking of Higgs boson, brother, and Higgs boson, dude, my scream this week involves... Two other podcasts. One is called Dudesy. It's another show that I'm doing with another friend of mine named Will Sasso, who is a very well-known comedic actor. He was on Mad TV a long time ago and has just been in a million movies, TV shows, whatever. Three Musketeers. Yeah. Has he been in the Three Musketeers? I thought he was. Three Stooges, maybe, is I think what you're thinking of. (laughs) We're getting all of our movies mixed up today. Will Sasso, IMDb. He's in Drop That Gorgeous? Yep. I love that movie. The Three Stooges, you're right. He's Curly in The Three Stooges. Yeah, he played Curly in a, a remake of Three Stooges. But uh, he and I are doing a podcast called Dudesy. Feel free to check it out. It's also a video podcast on YouTube. And it's just a straight comedy podcast with a bunch of 80s, 90s nostalgia in it. And kind of Will's impersonations of various characters. So... That podcast has... N- mm-hmm. I won't say nothing to do with The Bachelor, but like very little... I rarely talk about it on there, but I do talk about it. And Will was on our show on Game of Roses a while back with his now fiance, Molly. I kind of pushed them into the pit a little bit and got them to watch season 24 and we interviewed them. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now the other podcast is called Chatty Broads, which was all about The Bachelor. It's, of course, Jess Ambrose and Becca Martinez, who's a player from season 22, uh, an amazing player from season 22. They have their podcast, Chatty Broads. They were one of the first podcasts to really put us on when we were starting out our podcast. Definitely put us on the map. Cannot thank them enough for that in the early days of Gore. And recently, uh, Jess reached out to me. and was like, hey, would you and Will want to come on to talk about Dudesy? And I was like, absolutely. This will be so fun. They have now pivoted their podcast to talk less about The Bachelor. And it's their their male counterparts who have the chatty bros that do the bachelor recaps now. Mm -hmm. So I was like, this is going to be a great opportunity to go on and talk to these two people who we love and talk to them about no bachelor related material. We're going to talk about dudesy and dudesy very heavily is about like modern technology and artificial intelligence and all this kind of stuff. And so I went on and it was great for a very long time. We had an incredible conversation I think that show is going to be out. I don't know when that Chatty Broads is coming out, but soon-ish if it's not already out by the time this is airing. But the conversation was fantastic. We were talking about free will. We were talking about the singularity, Uh AI, aliens, just all this great stuff that I very rarely get to talk about on Game of Roses. Yeah, rarely. (laughs) Not not as in-depth as I did on, on Chatty Broads for sure. But it was just a fantastic conversation and super fun to have with them. And then at the end, Will brought up bachelor stuff 
And he starts asking <laughs> Becca about like, you know, what were some of the producer manipulations and all this shit. And I'm just sitting there like, holy fuck. You're like, well, come on, bro. We talked about this. <laughs> yeah. And I realized like there is no one in my life who's like close to me that isn't at least peripherally in the pit to such a degree that I try to go on this other podcast, try to go on Chatty Bros and have a non-bachelor conversation. And I did it. Like I succeeded in that, but it doesn't matter. The conversation found me. It's like it can't. I'm just, uh, there's an orbiting cloud of dark bachelor energy around me that will demand that conversation be had, whether I attempt to do it or not. I think that's some excellent manifesting clues. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't want to manifest it though. It was something I didn't want to happen. I think it's hilarious that that Will was like couldn't help himself. That's so funny. Yeah. What did he ask her about? He asked her about producer manipulation and um mm, the good stuff. I forget. He had some oh, he asked her about like timing, how much you you're like waiting around on set for stuff to shoot in between takes and whatever. Cause it looks like it's seamless. Like you wake up in the morning and you go on your dates and then you come back and you get in fights or whatever. But you know, Becca was talking about how that ain't how it is. You're waiting around a lot in between takes mm. and you're on buses and whatever. But check that out. It's going to be Chatty Broads. Again, I don't know when that's coming out. It may already be out, but it may also be out next week. <laughs> Either way, it's coming to you soon. But now let's move on. We have issued forth our screams. And now we are going to listen to a scream that comes from us, that comes to us rather, directly from the pit. If you want to submit your screams in the hopes that maybe we will play one or two of them here in our Screams from the Pit section, you just go to patreon.com slash Game of Roses. You join us down here in the bottom of the pit, and then you get on the Discord, and you fire off a one-minute or under audio clip of your scream, and we may play it just like this one that comes to us from a Patreon member called Jamie. Here we go. Are you ready, Pace Case? I'm ready. Hello, Pace Case and Bachelor Clues. Um, quick story for you. So I got my boyfriend really into The Bachelor, part of Bachelor Nation, dragged him down into the pit, as you would say. Um, so at the end of Michelle Young's season, we made a bet as to who would win, Brandon or Nate. So I took Brandon and my boyfriend took Nate. And the loser had to scream, I am the ultimate Viking on our apartment's rooftop, which is located in downtown Washington, D.C. So there's a lot of foot traffic. It's right by the Capitol. Um, So I was visiting my parents up in Boston for the weekend and came back on New Year's Eve and had to cash in my bed. And it was a pretty nice night. So we went up to the rooftop um, and I screamed that, you know, I was the ultimate Viking. I guess I could scream it on here, but I'm going to pass on that. Um, So I turn around after doing this and my boyfriend is down on one knee proposing to me because of like, because of this bet. Um, and we've never told anyone this story before. So now you're hearing it live from us. And when I tell the story to friends and family, I just leave that part out of it and make it seem cutesy and leave out the bachelor nation part. Um, so hope this makes it onto the pod and love you guys. Thanks for making bachelor content. So interesting. Okay, Jamie, I have never been more offended in my life. You experience a proposal like this. Obviously, it was planned. You scream 
uh, I'm the ultimate Viking on a rooftop overlooking the Capitol in Washington, D.C., and your boyfriend, now your fiance, I assume, gets down on one knee. When you turn around, he's there. He's on bent knee, sparkler in hand, I assume, and you accept. How can you leave out The Bachelor from this? This, to me, is an anti-scream. It is an excision of the scream that should have been there. Because now this is a part of your relationship forever. Not only The Bachelor, but the ultimate fucking Viking. Not only the ultimate fucking Viking, his catchphrase on one of the weirdest dates we have ever seen in the history of the game. You screamed it, and then the very next thing that happened to you is you are engaged to be married. That has to be a part of the story. It is the story, in my humble opinion. I feel like I had an opposite reaction to clues. I got chills from this. I think this sounds so romantic. And I love that this is the... There's so much that I love about this. The bet. You know, that if you lose a bet, you have to do this. It's a great losing bet. I think I'll use this in the future. And as someone who has screamed, I'm the ultimate Viking in a public place, I know that it is confusing to people. I It feels weird <laughs> to do. <laughs> and I did this at a Vikings tailgate, and I felt so uncomfortable. So I love just going from this uncomfortable moment where you're literally screaming to the most romantic moment of your life. I think it's beautiful. You know, and if there's some things that are, you know, maybe you want to keep them personal. Maybe the ultimate Viking thing is their just their little inside joke about this story that they don't need to tell people. I am feeling, however, that now that we are sharing this scream, they need to play it for the family and reveal their true selves. Of course. Listen, I, I understand the shame. I had it too at a certain point. <laughs> okay. But that time's over now. You've shared the screen with us. You've shared the screen with the rest of the pit, everyone listening. We all know. We all accept. And if these so-called family members of yours and these so-called friends of yours truly accept you, truly love you for everything that you are, they will love this story. It will enrich your relationships with them. Please tell them this scream. Yeah, test them. Do your own ultimatum. <laughs> Accept me for my ultimate Viking or where you're blocked from my life. (laughs) Or you're not invited to the wedding. It's simple as that. I mean, what? They're not going to reference the bachelor in their vows. The family's going to be confused. I assume they're putting this in their vows. I mean, if I am the ultimate Viking was the start of this union, I do believe let's go has to be the end of it. Right. When the officiant says, do you take this? Whoever, man, woman, I don't know who who your fiance is, whatever it is. Do you take this person to be your lawful, wedded, whatever? You don't say I do. You say, let's go. I think that has to be the way you do this. Yeah. Let's go needs to be in there for sure. And it's just, you know, that's a, that's a universal exclamation. People who don't even watch The Bachelor or are in the pit will still know what that means, which is great. Absolutely. They'll just think you're a sports fan which you are if you're a fan of The Bachelor. But thank you very much, Jamie, for issuing forth your scream and allowing us to play it here in the bottom pit again. Congratulations. Sounds like true love. Indeed. 
And if you want to submit your screams, again, you just go to patreon.com slash Game of Roses. Join us in the bottom of the pit. Submit that scream one minute or under, and we might play it right here and break it down just as we have Jamie's. Would you prefer someone proposes to you at Bachelor Live on stage or on a roof after you've screamed, I am the ultimate Viking? Bachelor Live on stage. Mm. I want to see players reacting to that proposal. I want Bonsa. <laughs> I want Kufrin. I want maybe Tia Booth to have to witness this. <laughs> Tia Booth yeah. is just there. <laughs> well, she was at the Atlanta one. That's where she got proposed to. I want every one of the bachelors and bachelorettes to be there since the dawn of time. Mm-hmm. I want all the top four from every season to be there. All the top I want four. all casts from every Bachelor in Paradise to be there and listen to your heart all there on stage to witness this. Listen to your that is my dream. But well, Danny Padilla has to be at your proposal. Yeah, I agree with that. I'll make sure he's there. I'll make sure he's maybe singing the song. But thank you, everyone, for joining us today for this weekend Bachelor Nation. We hope you enjoyed all them tids, all them parasocial plays, all them screams, our state of the game, Pace Case Braved Coachella, and our new segment. What are you watching? It turns out I'm watching maybe more than you. <laughs> Quite a bit more, in fact, but check out some anime if you haven't already. And until next week, what is that dwab at? It has been 7,333 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then